Hi, this is Bob Wells here, and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. This is the show where we hear about people's interests and uncover some fascinating stories at the same time. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. In today's show, I'm joined by Dion Barrett. Dion is an outdoor adventurer, motivational speaker, and is founder of the True North Project, which aims to inspire and motivate young people to find their meaning and purpose through experiencing nature and the outdoors. Hello and welcome to Undercurrent Stories, Dion. Hi, Bob, um, and thank you for having me on the pod. Um, been listening to a few episodes and you do really well, so I appreciate you having me on. Oh, well, that's not very nice of you to say, so th- thank you very much. So whereabouts in the world are, are you today? Uh, currently situated uh, where I reside in Surrey, uh, in UK, England. Um, and yeah, just spending time with the family, I think, today before I start my new job. Um, and yeah, just uh, enjoying the chat. Excellent stuff. Well, anyway, so before we talk about your life as an adventurer and the True North Project, could you just please tell us a little bit about you, your life journey, how you became interested in, in adventure? Yeah, um, I think for me, um, it all kind of resonates with the younger me. Um, I've always, so growing up, my my kind of uh, contrasting background of uh, city life and, and, and confusion and then going to my grandparents and enjoying like the, the countryside of Surrey. <laughs> and uh, I think through visiting my grandparents and hearing my granddad's travels. He always used to go to the Lake Districts. He would have paintings on the wall uh, and I would just like be me- mesmerized by by the idea of it all. Yeah. So I think that fuel, that, that kind of feet fed into the kind of mindset that I had as a, as a young as a young lad and for me back at home um things were very uh definitely congested and, and this confused. was in london was it yeah so back yeah. back in london yeah. um just on the like the outskirts of southwest london really oh, yeah. and um and yeah it, there was a lot of confusion about um, my, my parents and who i was and just my identity as a whole um my my parents did split up when I was born and my mum came from America back to the UK. So it, she was trying to protect me in ways that I feel might have uh, caused a co- bit of confliction. So with that, I needed an outlet and yeah. the outlet was my opportunities wandering around like outdoors, um, either in di- dialect areas or kind of... Um, the, the woods local to home um and i think through that i i really kind of just connected with myself as a person um and no identity crisis was happening while i was in that moment and so as i was growing up the identity thing f- fed into my troublesome life in school and and not being able to knuckle down and really uh, enjoy the education side of things and it was more about mingling with friends uh, and causing trouble um and unfortunately i just felt like i needed to be with the cool kids and yeah. at that time the cool kids were the the the, the troublesome kids and the people uh like uh in the wrong crowd yes um so kind of going back to the question in regards to what 
what led me to the outdoors was probably after all the confusion and, and the chaos within within my uh, like growing up side of things, it was stepping into the army um, and going go into the army. And really, I got to reconnect with nature in a weird way. Um, it was tough. It was hard, but I enjoyed it. And yes. I just felt like a big kid at the time. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that reignited the flame, I suppose. And then I, I, I suppose the ethos behind uh, being green and, and being outdoors and doing tough things outdoors, again, fueled that fire of challenges and um, just overseeing my passions, but doing them to the full extent that I think uh, I need as a person. I don't like really doing things half-hearted. Um, everyone's different, but for me, if I'm going for a run, for instance, I need to do it with weight um, just to feel like I'm challenging myself, even though I could probably do it without weight and still be in just as a bad state. It's just a mental thing for me. Um, yeah. And it's probably uh, some sort of dark and horrible way of kind of <laughs> deciphering that but um i'll wait until i go to see a psychiatrist yeah, about you like that. you like to you like to ch- you obviously like to challenge yourself yeah you? so I, I yeah i do i love challenges yeah. um, just just going back to um growing up in in southwest london and, and the gang culture for that for you know people who don't know a lot about gang culture we hear about stuff like knife crime and inner city gangs could you tell us could you just describe what that's like please yeah, I'll do my best. It's been a while, um, thankfully. Um, but, but when I was growing up, it was early 2000s. Um, we were, you do, I like to say it's like a crab in, in a barrel mentality. When you're in and around the city, you're you're um, still learning um, and, and misguided by the older generation as well. I feel um, it's very easy to build this construct around mentally to say that you're stuck in this rut and the only way to survive is that fight or flight survival thing, which um, all of us definitely did have. uh, And and to an extent, I think it still continues today, even more so. Um, And I think having a gang culture around you is just making it's a sense of security not only that it's your friends these are the people you spend all your time with but you all think the same there's no one really um trying to empower you um uh, in a positive way it's more like what can I sell? What can I do to make myself have a a name, an image or actually just progress financially? Um, And I think that's, that's what it was for me. Um, It was more, uh, okay, I've got a good, well, uh, an okay set of friends. I I say very okay, loosely. Um, But I think that mentality of feeling stuck and the world's against you and no one understands you definitely feeds into the mentality of gang culture, especially back then. Uh, and probably more so now. Um, I think people just want status now. I think there is people when you're young, you, you can be very conflicted anyway. Um, and I think, um, people play on that uh, uh, and prey on it really um, uh, and 
to for their own benefits really you mentioned earlier about um I, i'm not sure whether you said misguided or ignored by the older generation is, is that how you felt um, I, I think misguided was more how I felt because we did have uh, the older generation whose um, experiences were somewhat similar. But I think the the the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, regardless. Yeah. And y- you may think at the time you're young, dumb, and just experiencing life to an extent. But then there's also the real element of you could go to prison, you could you could essentially cause harm or be harmed, or, or it, sometimes it can be fatal. Um, which, like for me, I, I, I saw a lot of everything really uh, and experienced it firsthand and secondhand. So, and 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 through that time, I I, I knew that it was all wrong. Like I, this wasn't who I wanted to be, no. um, and I think that's where the very if I had that person to look up to um, at that time, um, I think uh, in a good way as well, because you can look up to people in a negative way. But if I had someone to look up to in a positive way, say like a bit more educated um, and with a better di- sense of direction, I think that's what was missing yes. for a lot of people. And I think still now it's, it's very much um, – um, everyone's grown up too fast and the older generation is kind of letting it happen. Um, yeah. it, 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 for of better words and exp- explanation, explanation. So yeah, for me, it was, it was just a, it, it was a dark time. Uh, I did feel trapped and I, I did see that I had to do anything to kind of survive at the same time. Yeah. Which um, you've, which you've clearly done. And, and, yeah. and I guess, I guess, uh, without putting words Appreciate in your mouth, that. the, the army, I guess was, a continuation of, of friends and colleagues, but in a, in a more positive way, would you say? Oh, 100%. And, and yeah, you couldn't be more correct. I think for the, for me, when I, when I knew I was going into the army and, and I had a lot of time, it took me four years to get in from even signing on, on like for even signing up, um, just due to criminal convictions and this, that, and the other, yeah. which slowed, slowed down the process. But it gave me a lot of time to chew that fat down to the bone and understand, okay, I, I still could be at risk, but I'm doing this for a better purpose and more than myself. It was more of a selfish act. Yeah. Um, where I, I know my, my family would benefit from professionally I would benefit from and I think I I just wanted to mold myself into that human being um who I admired on let's say the the tv screen or something like that someone with a a a bit more about them uh, and you knew you you had you had that in you but you just needed to get it out yeah yeah exactly I I wasn't one to be able to do it on my own so I I needed to get guided at that time uh, especially just before that I need I I did nearly go to prison Um, fortunately enough I didn't but that was a massive pivotal turning point mentally to really go right this isn't the life I I want um, and I need to do something about it essentially and how, how long were you in the army for um so i was in the army for eight years pretty much on the dot um it was a good time um bad times but um yeah it it was it i wouldn't change it for the world um and it was definitely 
it, it done what it, it I set out for it to do. Yeah. And, um, and I guess you had experience of traveling the world, did you? Um, fortunately, yeah. So even even before that, my my mum was one of those um, really like. Uh, she she would drag me along to do everything with her. So she yes. went on a holiday um, for whatever reason. I, I like to think that she wanted me there, but I wasn't the best person to be with on holiday back then. Um, but she, she took me to either Cornwall or Turkey or just wherever she went on her travel. So I, I had a good um, idea of the wider world yeah. and, and the atmosphere difference between where I grew up and other cultures so I was very fortunate with that so that did assist me later on where I'm working with my colleagues in the army and it's their first time on on a plane and some of them got nervous some of them didn't even know what they like what was happening they haven't been outside of their their area growing up so it was I was a voice of reason at sometimes uh just for that so it, it did give me a kind of um edge to the whole overall kind of yeah. traveling act aspect yeah. of the army no, it's it's great how your your life changed and you knew what you had in you and you, you joined the army and then and but throughout you had this sort of love of the outdoors mm-hmm. yeah uh, i've i i think the outdoors has been um a very relatable uh, environment and element to, to, to my, myself as a person. Yes. Um, and I think it is the same with many people once they find it, um, uh, and understand it and have that moment for, for their one-to-one outdoors. And it's not to sound like a, a massive tree hugger or anything like that <laughs> or f- a philosopher, but I do think once you're outdoors and it's secluded and you get in, you get in a different mind frame Yes. You have that voice in your head and that voice in your head says things you wouldn't normally hear on a day-to-day basis and you're able to pick apart maybe your everyday issues or something about yourself you want to change and it is really that therapy without needing to fork out a load of money or feel like intimidated by going to a psychiatrist. It's, yeah. it's self-preservation I think. Uh, and I, and looking back now, I think every time I was out in nature, like it, it was that moment to reflect and that moment to really um, understand myself um, and and the world around me and how uh, how I can kind of utilize my passion within the outdoors yeah, to yeah. to to guide others to do the same. It's it's interesting that isn't it? Because I know I know for myself, and I know other people who do. But even even you know, if you feel a little bit um, as though you need to waken yourself up, just go for a little walk around the park or mm-hmm. in nature, twenty minutes, and you feel great. Yeah, it, it, it sort of lifts you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's almost like cliche because it's right on your doorstep, and it's just down to you to put on some shoes and go out the front door, yeah. which a lot of people do find tough uh, as well. So. Yeah, the, cli- the, the, the cliche and the caveat of it is is you can't mock it until you try it, which I've done a lot of growing up as well. Like I, I never thought when I was in my teens that I was going to be climbing any mountain, uh, let alone trying to climb mountains in the Himalayas or whatever I've got in the future. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and having conversations with uh, other people in my peer group for similar things, it's just like, 
I, I, I am now going, no, <laughs> you're, you're missing the trick. You, you can find something for yourself out there. And, and yeah. everyone, I believe everyone on this earth could do a little bit of uh, adventure for themselves, whether it be riding a bike down the road, running down the street, going to your local park, having a picnic, whatever it may be, do it outside. And yeah. I guarantee you, your mind will change for the better. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I couldn't agree more. So this brings us to uh, what, what I'd really like to talk about. And I think listeners will find really interesting, which is the, can you just tell us the aims of the True North project, the project that you've um, put together, please, Dion? Yeah, so uh, well, the, overall, the, the, the True North project was uh, my way of uh, aiming to give back. Um, and when I first started, it was just helping others find their passion through outdoors and the means of the outdoors, whether it be hiking, camping, or a construct of everything uh, um, outdoorsy. Um, And I, for me, it it came from, um, it it was rooted from an old friend group, uh, which I still have today, but the group has kind of gone its separate ways. And we, we brought people together for, for like suicide awareness and mental health and just to help everyone and, and, um, empower one another uh, uh, and press the restart set button. And we've done that for about two, maybe three years. And the experiences we had with individuals who came along to these open, like hiking groups, essentially through Instagram, um, was phenomenal. And what, I, sort of, what sort of numbers of people did you get, Dion, coming, coming on? So we got from anything around from like as low as uh, f- five to maybe 30 individuals. Oh, wow. um, and we, we it was getting to maybe the 50 kind of yeah. uh, 50 participants. And like that alone blew me away. But at yeah. the same time, it was certain individuals um, who came up to us and was like thanking us. Otherwise, they, they, they were toying with the idea of suicide and this that and the other and we've all been there ourselves so being able to give these people hope was just i i felt like i uh without sounding pessimistic i i felt like i was doing god's work in a, in, yeah, a yeah, in a yeah. nice way um yeah, yeah without being too flamboyant about it yeah. but um it it that's when, when I heard certain individuals come up to either my colleagues or myself and, and talk about these tough things that they're going through, it, it, it made me feel like I needed to continue this. And um, for me, being outdoors and, 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 and just adventuring, uh, I wouldn't call myself a hiker or a mountaineer, just the adventure side of things, like yeah. being outdoors and being embedded in the experience of maybe – uh, being lost and finding yourself and all of that plays a part of it. And, uh, I just want to continue our efforts with that. Um, and so the true North project came about through me wanting to highlight the fact that as, as a black person, um, you don't see many of us or you didn't see many of us at the time out on the Hills. Um, and, it took my friend who we, who done the groups with, uh, previously to, to say, you know what, you're, you're the only black guy I see on the mountains. Why is that? And because he asked why 
it made me think, oh, damn, why? Like, I didn't even realize. Um, so I, that was, I was pondering on that for quite a while. And I was like, okay, I could do something here. I could do something which pushes um, ethnic groups around the world. Um, and not only that, just local communities to really engage with the outdoors. Yes. Um, and so th- with that in mind, I was like, okay. And also my, my characteristics of pushing myself and my limits was just like, okay, I, at the moment I like hiking, climbing and mountaineering. So what is the ultimate of that? And I had a lot of like kind of naysayers when I, I started talking about the idea, um, telling me to do something else and this, and it's been done before, but Everest came about and, and, as soon as I thought about Everest, my my partner and I watched a film and it was Everest. And she was just like, yeah, you're not doing that at all. And then <laughs> a day later, um, uh, uh, the Nims Die uh, documentary came out as well. We watched that. And when I watched that, um, I can't lie, and it, it does sound cliche now, is it resonated with me on such a level that I was just like, I need to do this. This, yeah. this, that is, is exactly what I need to do. So, um, with that in mind, I, I watched the film. I, I felt like I've already been there. It was kind of mystic in a way. Um, and I was just like, this is, this is what I've been set out to do. Cause before this, before the true North project, I'll be honest. Um, apart from the army have playing a part in my life. Like I didn't really have a sense of direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. I, I was, uh, I, I was still confused. I was that confused little kid. Um, so I, I knew I had a passion. I knew I had a purpose and it was just about how do I magnify my message and how do I, how do I make an impact for those who may or may not need it, but find something within it, within my story as well. Um, so dragging this out a little bit, like I said, I do ramble. So I apologize to your (laughs) listeners. Um, but, um, I, so yeah, Everest came around. Um, and then I just started planning, didn't know anything apart from it's the tallest mountain in the world and it's very tough to get to the top <laughs> like that yeah. that's as far as I do yeah. uh, that's as far as my knowledge went um yeah. but I'd done my education uh well I say my educated I'd, I'd done my research uh and then the more I researched the more I was just like yeah this is the hardest I've researched for anything so this this is definitely the nail on the head so um so what I done, I put my target of climbing Mount Everest and being one of the first black people to do so, um, yeah. to summit Mount Everest by 2025. So you're, you're currently, um, planning that trip for 2025 and, and obviously started training and sponsorship and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. So it's, it's the toughest thing I've come up, come up against, um, yeah. meant it mentally and physically it's, it's, it's been tough, but it doesn't stop there. So, um, with Everest in mind, I had a lot of people on the interwebs, uh, and the internet and all, all kinds of social medias. And, and, and like, there was a point where, because I was a black man trying to do something like impactful and, um, like I was, 
the term black was used quite a lot in in the media for yeah. for what I was doing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the key key fundamental part of it, but it was a, a story within the message. Um, and a lot of people just went, "Well, what's color got to do with it? This, that, and the other." And it, it was very deflating. And there was a po- there was a point where it was just like, you know, what I've kind of I've, I've dug up a lot more than I could chew off kind of thing yeah um and that that was very frustrating but we pushed on and everest is still looking like it's going to be 2025 providing um the amazing sponsors still get on board with it and um i i and well in october now i am going to nepal for the first time all right and i'm also going to be going to everest base camp hopefully documenting that well so again for the 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 documentation of it is i want it to be educational for the everyday person maybe toying with the idea of doing an an expedition or low level things like hiking and camping in the uk for example but just seeing someone from my background um who's not had a lot to hand financially and things have seemed um, very impossible to an extent um, and and kind of see me as a, a way of going, well, if he can do it, so can I. Yeah, um, yeah. And that that's what I want to do and provide for people through these expeditions is educate them and also empower them. Um, so I'll, I'll be go I'll be doing that myself and walking the, the well, uh, walking the walk and talking the talk as, as well. So, um, I go to Everest Base Camp and we'll be climbing Laboche East, which I believe is 6,119,000 meters. Wow. Um, so that, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's getting on for 18,000 feet, isn't it? That's, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I like to think that it, don't get me wrong. Like it's not the toughest mountain to start no. with. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite low level in, in all, in all essence. Yes. Um, but the opportunity has arised, uh, with the right, right people who yeah. I want to climb with. Yeah. And I think it'll be a perfect kind of, um, starting block for the rest to come um uh talking about everest and uh hopefully my aim is now um to go to everest and to the north pole in one consecutive year uh, oh right, the North North Pole. Yeah, well. yeah. Oh, right. So, like I said, I don't not like doing anything by half. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no. So for me, like uh, one of one of uh, uh, one of the things I take away from my friends and our, our kind of um, conversations is always go a little bit further um, yeah. and and <laughs> go beyond. Essentially, uh, so yeah. Everest to me is, is is a very personal endeavor, but it's also. Um, because of the naysayers that it's been done before and and maybe a bit of my own mental kind of well it's everest like people have done it so it's doable therefore um how how hard like uh, for me it's a bit of a catch 22 how hard is it oh it's very hard well let's go do it then um and then the north pole as i was kind of that came about through just conversating with a good friend um and she's kind of she's done north pole expeditions but she's very well known within the kind of uh the 
expedition world, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so North Pole came about through having a conversation with her, but I looked into uh, the history of voyages to the North Pole as well. And the first expedition um, actually had a black person on it. And oh, right. that's little to know. And his yeah. name was Matthew Henderson. It's been documented um, a few times, but very loosely. Um, I, and I say that I, it's remarkable work what people have done to document his story. But again, I think I, I would like to magnify that message and really root home to that that first expedition yeah. and, and try and look at the lineage behind how Matthew Henderson came about on, on the voyage and, and hopefully um, find some um, some uh, family relatives of Matthew yes. uh, and, and, and kind of see their thoughts on Matthew and, and, and do a whole big piece on it. Yeah, yeah. To, and and how really long ago, story. how long ago did Matthew go to the North Pole? Oh, uh, dates. I'm going to say it was, you know what? I, I don't want to get this wrong. No. Um, you said one of the first or the first. It was. It, he, so he was a part of the first um, expedition. Yeah. Um, who went, who reached the North Pole. Yeah. So, um, he was part of the crew. Um, I, I'm not, I don't really want to say the wrong thing. Oh, well, well, people, <laughs> but he, he was a part of that. Yeah. That well, li- li- listeners can find out when it was. It was obviously a yeah. long time ago. But I can't, I can't remember exactly when it was. I don't think I was alive at the time. Um, so, and so you, you want to do the North Pole and Everest on, in the same year. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, there's still a lot to get Everest out of the way, to be fair. Um, it's been a tough ordeal, to say the least. But if all goes well, um, my aim is to, um, yeah, do do Everest, Somerset, w- Summit Everest and go to the North Pole in one And, and which, which um, challenge do you think is going to be the hardest out of those two? Um, I, I, I keep saying to myself the North Pole might be. Um, for me, I feel... Because I've done Nordic, Nordic esque kind of uh, trips before. Thank you to the army uh, and and stuff I've done there. And I'm not going to lie, it's been pretty tedious. Like I I, I just see myself um, like either skiing ish, like cross country skiing or uh, dragging, uh, dragging all my kit behind me. Like the amazing people have done it before, but that to me. I think will be quite tedious uh, and, and that as well for the mental side of things will be very tough. Yeah. And that's why I like the idea of doing it for me. Everest is me climbing a mountain and, and I enjoy, I know I enjoy that regardless on how tough and how tedious it may be. And, um, and, go, and moving back to Everest, what what will be the toughest part of Everest for you? Is, is it the, the air, the, the, the actual, strenuous walking the time it takes what what would be the biggest challenge do you think my biggest challenge i think will hopefully i'll overcome that big challenge when i go out in october to find out if i my body is used to the acclimatization of it all yeah. and, and like you said the the lack of oxygen um and i, I i'm gonna say it like the cold as well um, that's something on my mind just because if you don't have the right, right kit, especially for, um, like Caribbean and African, uh, the people, uh, we're susceptible to the cold, uh, a, a little bit more than maybe a European would be. So for me, um, 
that's something the the British Army definitely pushed as well when when they were educating us and and directing us within like cold injury or heat injury. It was who's susceptible to what and why and what are the signs. And I've I've been fortunate to get that kind of insight to my own my own um, my own body and what it's what it could withstand. So with that, um, this will be my first kind of. Uh, exposure to that kind of climate so hopefully I don't um, kind of fall fall sick to to a great uh, to a great extent for that kind of trip to be a success that's the only thing that's playing on my mind at the moment but I'm sure I'll have the right kit I'm sure I'll have the right drills uh, and the equipment to go with it and it'll be a success. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, I wish you all the very best on that. And Thank I'm you sure very it, much. I'm sure it will be, Dion. Um, I think we've already spoken about nature and the outdoors and, and how it provides that positive balance. And and I think, you know, summing up um, through your upbringing, your sort of getting out of that into the army and, and the, um, the, the sort of vision you've had for the True North Project, I think clearly when people hear about that, uh, particularly younger people, which you're aiming for, that, that's got to be inspirational, and and also the fact that you know you, you're going to do the you can do Everest and the North Pole. That's something else to talk about as well. And, and just just moving on to your sp- speaking engagements, mm-hmm. um, what what's your what, what's your audience for these speaking engagements, and, and what's your main message? Um, for me, I would like to have a perfect answer for that, but quite frankly, it's it's something still very new to me. Um, yeah. I've I've had speaking engagements with schools predominantly. That's kind of my my aim audience or my target audience at the moment because those are the people I I really want to help and engage with and empower but um i've done corporate level as well um where i talk about mindset and um team building and really connecting um the overall organization to um to equip their staff and their teams to optimize uh their effectiveness and uh for whatever means that may be um but those those are short and few at the moment because it's just I don't think I've got enough under my belt to be directing that level of um how do I say this? Well it's work uh, in progress by the way. It's work in progress. Yeah. It, it it really is. Um yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm still getting engagements with within the outdoor industry. So I'm speaking yeah. at the National Outdoor Expo next year in March. So do come oh. along to that. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> and it'll be great to have that conversation after my first expedition to Nepal, yes. and 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 talking about the future of the True North project as well, where um, hopefully I will be launching the uh, official uh, youth initiative within the project, yes. where I'm aiming to get outdoor education outdoors. Uh, outdoor education outdoors into schools sorry Um, mainly schools within the city centers of the UK because it's from what I've seen working with schools at the moment the access isn't there um, and the funds aren't there not only that the 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 training isn't there for the for the for the schools uh, and their and their their teachers and their colleagues so um, for me it would be a great um, way of 
having a conversation with uh, the governing bodies like Ofsted uh, and local communities and governors to really home in on kind of reinvented the wheel. And I think the education system at the moment is very, uh, very dated. Um, and I think for where we're at now as, as a society, I think we need to relook and reevaluate how, how our, how our, how schools are being taught, uh, what they're being taught and, and the direction for what they're being taught in. Um, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think outdoor education doesn't mean they need to learn about uh building fires or, or or camps as much or as such it would be more towards just being in the outdoor elements like for instance a month ago i took a school from leeds um i took a group of uh the, the students and their teachers to the um yorkshire dales and they climbed their first mountain and to see the students and the impact it had for them Yes. Even though it was kind of on their doorstep, they they needed to get a coach, yeah. um, which still costs. Yeah. But when when we when we got there, it was it was the transition between oh my god, I can't I can't even see the mountain in the clouds, and telling them that they're going they go, that's where they're going, going up it, yeah, yeah. and and seeing how they cope with that pressure was just an amazing experience there was one girl what what sticks out to me the most which i which i was pretty much next to the whole whole time walking up um and she she was hysterical at, at times she was like she she was uh, in um in a oh, how do i say it she she wasn't the fittest of the group if that makes sense um but she she made it happen like all it was she needed someone who she trusts to to motivate her and, and tell her look you're not going to give up um and you're not going to let this mountain beat you you're you're going to make your mum proud this that, and the other it was very like heartfelt and you could see that even though she was crying she wanted to sit down she was asking for her mum and all the rest of it she got there and then I said, you're going to thank me. You're going to thank your student, um, your teachers, and you're going to have a massive smile on your face when you're up there. The weather was miserable, but I looked around once we reached the summit, and sure enough, she was there, and she went, thank you, and she had wow. a massive smile on her face. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's just one individual out of the whole, the whole maybe 30 kids. So, And they were all enjoying it. it. It was just it's so impactful to see young minds see, like – just experience that whole oh my god like i'm seeing a screensaver for real life kind of thing yeah yeah and, and, and seeing that they've done something very very powerful deal this this resonates with me a, a lot actually because i wasn't too i wasn't a million miles away from where you live i lived in windsor and um, our school we went to had an outdoor pursuits um that the head teacher was very much into outdoor pursuits and we used to, every year, this was on the senior school, one year we went to the Peak District, the next mm -hmm. year we went to the Yorkshire Dales, the third year we went to Snowdonia, and the fourth to the Lake District. Amazing. And yeah, it was. And and um, only only for a week, uh, just as the schools broke up. Um, but the you know the experience it gave people, I mean, I was fortunate as a kid that I did, I'd sort of been to a lot of those places anyway with the family, but there were kids that hadn't. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, you see the smiles on the faces, you see them trekking up a 
a hill up to Kinder Scout or somewhere, and and um, you get to the top, and there's there's a almost like a euphoric um, feeling when you get there, isn't there? You know? Yeah, and you're looking it down. Is. Yeah, and you look you're looking down on clouds. You're not looking up to them. You're looking down. It's, it's, it's an amazing experience. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I again, you're, you telling me that resonated with me. So it, it, it's it's something I think, regardless of how many times you go up a hill or you 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 do a bit of hiking and you reach a summit somewhere that that same process happens to all of us uh, and and it happens to me even now if i i've climbed snowden probably more than 15 times um yeah sure it was my first mountain and i keep going back there uh, for whatever reason and now it's just getting congested but that's another story and another rant to go on but like no matter how many times i've climbed it the experience is is different each time and for me it's still good to be humble enough to to have that first experience like the like the the children um and 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 just take it all in and when i say take it all in i mean understand what you're feeling understand what you're seeing um it might be foggy at the top and you can't see nothing but it's all a part of that experience and it, it, I've, for me, it's it's a way of tuning into myself, and and it is resetting, that, pressing that reset set button. And for what you've overcome that day, you can take that back and go to work and feel like you've you've overcome quite a bit. And and uh, yeah, I think for for kids to have that and have that frame of reference as well of their strengths, their own powers, and the fact that they had doubts before they done it and then they succeeded. I think that is what I want to teach young minds today is the power of their own strength and, and the ability of overcoming your own doubts as well. Cause in this world, we've got so many things we can get doubts. We get confused. We get misguided. We get, we get c- controlled by the outside um external factors rather than our own factors and this is what finding your true north is it's about your personal and uh in true like your your own journey that involves understanding your own values your passions and your purpose in life and like that that's that's really what like the true north project is about it's about having that message the ethos what goes along with it and having people do that for themselves like uh, yeah that's really what i want want people to take away from my project is yeah be selfless but look like look towards yourself for the answers you don't need to listen to the naysayers you don't need to get confused by your peers and uh, and have peer pressure get get you uh all all hot and flustered about things when really when you look inside yourself and you you um you understand your true passions and you follow them and you pursue them and and you're driven trust me like the the perspective on the way life is and the world it is completely different and yeah. i've only just discovered that as a 30 yeah. year old yeah. man so I, I want young young people to really try and, yeah. and get that on board as oh, well I, I, no, I, think, I think it's great and, and nature's a great way of providing that just mm-hmm. just going back to some of the things that you're doing i read about your 12 in 4 challenge <laughs> 12 12 peaks is that 
It, it was 12 peaks. So my, my friend and I kind of knew we wanted a challenge it, and he knew I wanted a challenge because I told him about Everest and I was like, look, I don't know if I could manage Everest um, as much as I, I may think. So I need to put myself to the test. Yeah. And lo and behold, there was a list of mountains which people have maybe ticked off over a course of a few months and maybe done over the Welsh 3000s. Um, which is a challenge in in Wales and it it takes on some of these mountains or the majority of the mountains we put together. Um, But what it was, it was 12 of the tallest mountains in Snowdonia, Wales, uh, which added up to the height of Mount Everest from sea level. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, well, there we go. That 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 is the challenge now. Yeah. Um, and for me, time is at the essence because at the time I was still serving. Um, I was just starting a family, so I had limited time myself. So for me, if I'm going to do any challenge at the moment, um, it needs to be done in a couple of days. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, these twelve mountains. Normally, if I do go to Wales or that side of the side of um, Wales, I, I I managed to get maybe two or three mountains uh, a day. So for me, I calculated it and I was just like, okay, 12 mountains, I'll do that in four days. And some people thought I was crazy. My, my good friend who understands the challenge, he was just like, yeah, this sounds epic. Let's do it. Um, so we, we, we put that together. Um, so what 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 I got when I advertised the fact that I was doing a challenge like this was a lot of people were saying, well, why don't you just do the Welsh 3000s? And uh, for me, it was just, okay, maybe uh, the challenge isn't described to the best standard, but it was essentially each mountain I'm climbing up and I'm coming down. Yeah. Um, so I'm ascending and I'm descending each mountain, one after the other um with my own personal kit and equipment on me so, so it's do, not, do you, i wasn't trail running or anything right, like that you, i was do you do you camp as well or do you um so i the plan was to camp the weather was horrendous so luckily there was um like a little pit stop area for the for the cars to kind of uh correlate and make it a base camp so we done that so some of the safety crew stayed at the cars and radioed up to me and and the 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 crew on the ground and we just kept on turning that around to make sure everyone had fresh legs apart from myself um who ended up walking like john wayne at the end of it well yeah i mean Um, yeah and the reason i the reason i ask about the were you camping is because many years ago I did the Pennine way with a couple of guys amazing yeah Yeah. and and we said oh yeah we're going to camp so i remember the first day we um we had this, you know, whacking great rucksacks each, and it was pretty soul destroying. Obviously, I hadn't been in the army like you, Dion, so I wasn't used to it. Um, anyway, we, we got to a youth hostel. We camped in the, um, you know, in the grounds of the youth hostel. Didn't sleep particularly well. Did another day. Got to a guest house, board and lodging about five o'clock in the in the afternoon, evening, and um, for the rest of the the trip, which was about twelve days, we we had a chat with the uh, the guy that ran the guest house and, and asked him asked him if we if we could sort of dump the kit off there. And from then on, we just stayed in bed and breakfast. Um, oh. So yeah, not not quite the challenge that you do, but 
it made it a lot easier, I have to say. Well, to me, when I when I hear people like yourself uh, mention like challenging things, right, and they had a standard and maybe that standard may have dropped due to like B&Bs or whatnot and yeah. you wanted to camp, like that, that challenge is still a challenge. And, I, and I, I think we find it easy to kind of play things down. Even myself, when I talk to people, I'm like, yeah, I've done 12 mountains. It was, it was, it was nothing. It was the hardest thing ever. And yeah. I think where I, where I could and where I needed to cut corners in regards to my, my admin and stuff like that, which, which I, like you said, camping, I, I was in a warm car, yeah. uh, ma- majority of my rest periods. And for me, I was just like, well, this isn't the challenge, is it? But it really was. And I needed yeah. my, 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 um, my safety crew to tell me, look, you're, you're doing fantastic. You're on target. Like you're, you're doing amazing. So like sometimes we do play it down a bit yes, and I think yeah. everyone's got their own challenge as well. Um, one thing I've said when I, when I mentioned that I'm, I'm aiming to climb Everest, they're like, Oh, I'd never do that. And I was just like, okay, what would you do? Like, I like yeah. finding out what yeah. a challenging climb would be for them and most people say like snowdonia uh, snowden because it's it's a known mountain for them and um yeah i just feel like everyone's got their own level of challenge and even if you go ahead and do one and it it isn't to the standard you thought it's still a challenge nonetheless so i was going to ask you yeah i was going to ask you about the ultimate challenge but i I guess everest and north pole are are the ultimate challenge aren't they or um, are there any other challenges you'd like you'd like to share with listeners so right now, um, yeah, you're right. So Everest, the biggest challenge for me isn't the physical uh, aspect of it all. Um, it's more the the administrative side of it all. The challenge is getting people on board to support yeah. what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, so the biggest challenge for me, which takes a hit mentally uh, and sometimes physically as well, is the fact that it's it, it's it's making ends meet to make this challenge work because it's all good saying it, but until I've got the, 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 the fundamental pieces (laughs) to make it happen, um, then, then that's really when like the green light is on. So yes, the, 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 the Everest and uh, North pole is a big challenge in itself and I can't wait to get on, on and do it. Uh, but it's, it's get, it's making the pieces come together beforehand yeah. as well, which yeah. is a very challenging thing, but looking into the future, I have always said, I want to do, um, solo expeditions in each different continent and different climate. So I want to be able to document those again, educational pieces to really bring back to the schools, to individuals and hopefully to the masses about uh, a city boy who didn't really know much about the mountains, who found love for the mountains, but then, uh, and, and, and has gone into these um, um, extreme climates and environments yeah. uh, and, and brought back the information about the peoples there. The Like just, yeah, I, I kind of want to be a bit more of a, uh, uh, an educator through yeah. my journeys rather than this is my amazing challenge. Yeah. Um, look at me, uh, I'm doing it for such and such. And like, I, it, for me, that feels very cliche and I want to be able to give that a little bit more while, yeah. while I've got that in me. So no, I, I understand that. Yeah. The, the yeah. purpose is really to, to inspire others yeah. who, who perhaps wouldn't have 
bring out their potential. I can see a book there somewhere, Dion. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. I've, I've, <laughs> I've got it in a document somewhere, hiding yeah. away. I've, yeah. I, it's For me, writing is not my forte, nor is reading, just due to the immense dyslexia, um, which is a strength and a weakness. Um, but uh, it will happen. Uh, it's just... Sometimes, like like I've just said to you, I'm devil's advocate and I, I play myself down a little bit and I put myself off it and I procrastinate. So, but yes, there will be a, there, there will be a book and hopefully a lot more to come in the yeah. near future. So I mean, in terms of the, um, obtaining the sponsorship, you mentioned that's probably one of the biggest challenges and I, I can understand that. I guess you, you are, or have lear- you're learning from people who've done similar things where they've had to, uh, get sponsorship. I, I, yes and no. The thing what I found, and this is something again that I would love to be. Once it's all done and ticked, I want to be able to speak to people and 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 actually be a voice of of understanding the actual process and the resilient nature of of the beast. Yeah. That you need to to you you need to be persistent. You're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of maybes and then empty empty kind of promises. You you have to be you have to be sure that whatever you've got in front of you what you need sponsorship for that you you want you want it uh, to 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 the core of your nature otherwise it just won't work um and that that still continues with me um i've had plenty of great conversations with various uh organizations and companies and people but it's really um people have got to take a risk with you until you really start well after everest i'm pretty sure um people may jump on the bandwagon or whatever it may be but it's that that initial start which is the hardest and people know it but i think um the nature of the beast also when you do ask someone who has done it um they'll drip feed you uh, uh until they feel like maybe they've given up too much if that makes sense um where i'm like look guys why why are we gatekeeping the 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 like the 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 sponsorship world i think if if someone believes in your story believes in your purpose and your aim and your mission regardless i think like it should be free game and i think the mentality of the, the industry of that side of things is is very very it's got this gatekeeper kind of mentality which is, over yeah it. which is which is sad really because because you know there must be other people in different fields looking to do the same things and mm-hmm. and uh you, you've really you know it's really a case of sharing best practice i think i think yeah, exactly that and i i think we especially it takes a lot for someone to put their their life efforts and everything uh, towards an expedition or towards something where you do need sponsorship. And when you get that sponsorship, it's like that golden ticket. And I think for people to work that hard and then get there, I think there's also an element of, well, why am I going to give this person that golden ticket when I had to work so hard for it? and like that that's just not me if i if i've got it and i've done it i like i can only pay it forward for the next person to come along and hopefully do better than what i've done like i i love seeing people go through that challenge but come out the other side and and doing amazing things and i think 
if the industry gets on board of that, as much as they do say it, I think there's there, there's a little there's a little grey area of how the industry controls and 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 divides the kind of outdoor industry for sure. So um, yeah, it's something I I do want to kind of open yeah. up the floodgates in in a way. So if we've got yeah. any any listeners interested in becoming involved with your project, either you know sponsorship or or actually getting involved in some of the uh, activities what what should they do um i they should email me they should um reach me on my um on my website uh truenorthproject.co.uk or they can find me on instagram um and shoot me over a message on there where, where i'm most active which is again true north underscore project um yeah let's let's talk i'm i'm literally i'm not I'm not one to segregate myself to one person um, or what, one kind of uh, avenue. Uh, yeah. I like building bridges. I like building long relationships with people. Uh, and, and, and I want people on board who really feel the passion with what I'm trying to do and achieve. And uh, anyone who wants to kind of change the, the, our communities and, and everything like that and, um, as well as taking a risk, uh, yeah. yeah, give me yeah. a shout. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. So, um, well, it's been a really interesting conversation, Dion. Um, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. It's certainly very inspiring for anybody listening to. And I, th- I think the goal of, of helping particularly young people in probably inner cities who have never had the chance to experience the outdoors with what you're doing is, is great. Uh, my guest today has been Dion Barrett. Dion is an outdoor adventurer, motivational speaker, and is founder of the True North Project, a link of which can be found on the show notes. Thank you for coming on the show, Dion. Thank you for having me, Bob. It's been brilliant. Thank you. You have been listening to Undercurrent Stories. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share the show link to your friends and family. And if you have 60 seconds, I will be most grateful if you would please rate and review. To hear more episodes, please subscribe to the show and visit undercurrentstories.com. If you leave your email in the link, we will notify you as soon as new episodes are released. Also, check out our social media links, details of which can be found on the show notes. Until next time, this is Bob Wells wishing you all the very best. 